to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 88, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays. We continue with our BGG top games, and we review Seki Gahara. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. No, I'm Richie. All right, Chad, let's hear it. 18XX Con. Yes. First of all, I almost didn't come yeah. back. Okay, first of all, I was going to be in trouble if I didn't. We, so. got a, we have a poll going, all right? Yeah. And we set the over under on number of games you won at one. <laughs> that was I too high, guys. Too high. I said oh, too high. high. <laughs> yeah. I thought oh, you would have gotten one. <laughs> I, I didn't go bankrupt once. I avoided hey, bankruptcy a bunch of go. times. Okay, okay. I will say, um, yeah, I, I was definitely like, there was maybe one other guy there that I played with that was newer to 18XX than me, but I was yeah. the definite noob of the group. I And I told him, I'm like, you know what? My job the, this weekend, I just want to learn and right. I want to play as many games as I can. And I just want to learn. And it, it was, uh, it was a blast, but yeah, my, my noobness was showing. Sometimes they were like, well, you might want to. Yeah. So my scores showed that. And also the way I giggled anybody, anytime anybody <laughs> said like, they didn't know how to use the privates in this game. Or something, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, those were, those were the, the telltale signs for me, but yeah. So you I got in a lot of games. So you got in two games on Saturday. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, Saturday was two seven hour games, Ooh. which was 1817 mm. and 18 Ireland. Ooh. And uh, I should, I should preface all this too. It was called uh, 18 DSM, which is Des Moines. Cause it was in Des Moines. So I okay. traveled two hours to go there and you know, I know things are crazy right now. When you say the word con, it was more like a meetup. Honestly, it was like 20 yeah. people okay. and we all had to wear masks and stuff. So we were all trying to be safe. You know, sure. a lot of guys were older and stuff and being safe. So anyway, that is all to say I had a blast. Scott Peterson was there. I got to play a couple of his prototypes. He's oh, all aboard cool. games. Very he cool. publishes okay. uh, 18 Chesapeake and you know, all those, yeah. um, he had a game there called 18 Texas that is a prototype, and it was basically like an incremental capitalization game. Incremental capitalization meaning like 1846, where uh, you 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 put the money into the the company treasury, and that's the money that it has. Not like it floats, you know, like in 18 Chesapeake, if you par a company at $100, it starts out with $1,000 in its treasury. Whereas every time somebody buys a share, that goes into the company. That's partial capitalization. Par, par- I, I would just like to point out right now, Richie and I's <laughs> eyes are, I were both just glazed over. We have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. But it sounds awesome, well, so, so keep going. So I, I'm just saying, right, now, that there's more that I could say that has to do with partial capitalization. But anyway, it is an intro to that that is what he considers kind of better than 46. Because 46 kind of ruins you for other... It's a great game, but it ruins you for other 18xxs because... 46 was made by Tom Lehman to do all the stuff that he wanted to see in an XX game that none of the other ones do. So it's like all these other rules that 
you know, that don't apply for any other game, you know. Okay. But so it's a good teaching game for that. So I, I played that. I didn't get to play 18 Carolina, which is a variant of his 22 series. But let me tell you something. Here's the game I will tell you about that, that long day, right? Okay. We played 1817 which was, you know, that epic stock market one. And basically, I mean, he didn't win it, but we kind of called it halfway through the day, the day because Scott just tried to show us, you know, here's what short selling a stock does, basically. And he started just short selling everybody's stock. And basically, he was on the hook if that company paid out. You know, he was going to have to pay if they paid out. But he's just trashing everybody's stock, and it's, you know, it's sailing down towards the bottom of the market. And he, I mean, he just had all these short sales of stocks. There were a couple players that were in position to sort of probably climb out of it. They were in good enough position that they could generate revenue and put him on the hook for stuff. But we just kind of called it because he's like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Come on. And this is what's the fun of 1817. And he just started, you know, trashing. And we were all playing very conservatively and carefully. But yeah, it was it was really interesting. Uh I don't even think he's drank any Mountain Dew. And he's no, like, he's, he's like he's, so excited. He's hopped up on 18XX. He's rolling here. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, the second game was called 18 Ireland, okay? And that game was uh, about a seven-hour game, too. But the thing about it, it had a smaller bank than just about any other game that I've played. It had $4,000 bank, which that's almost that's more than half of what Chesapeake plays with. I think Chesapeake is something like 8,000 or 9,000. But the thing is, is Ireland is such a poor country, at least when this is going on, that it comes out in drips and drabs. You just Hmm. have tiny, tiny revenue centers as you're going around the map. And everything is, a lot of stuff is uh, dits and doinks, you know, those little dots that are towns or whatever you want to call them, right? But the interesting thing is you can run to those but there's also narrow gauge track. The narrow gauge track, though, isn't for running. You don't run trains on it. But if you run narrow gauge track off of a city to connect all the towns to it, each town that it connects to is li- and is linked up to that city, that makes that city more valuable to hit. So, like, you make a little tail connecting all these doinks with the narrow gauge, and now suddenly uh, a 20-point city is, like, 50 so it's very interesting, and, and there's no train running on that track. But what's really interesting is you have tons of mergers in this game, okay? okay? And so you have all these little companies, all these miners and little companies, and if you connect your company up to somebody else's, all of a sudden you can propose a merger, basically. And so it just depends on majority shareholders. Everybody gets a vote. And so if I hooked up to your, to your uh, company and Richie has you know, has stock in my company and I have stock and you have stock in your company or whatever, you know, we could outvote you because Richie's like, Hey, I like that. That makes me money. I'm voting on that. You know? And it's, so it's really fun. Cause I love this, that idea. I yeah. was about to say this, this may, it worries me Ugh. that it's attached to 18 XX, but I <laughs> right. love the idea. I, agree. I love the idea. <laughs> well, it, like I said, it, it, it reminds me of Indonesia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's exactly what, what I had said. So we played it. You can play it. Scott said it's, he likes it at three, but at three, I think it would probably feel like, oh, I'm running good companies. I'm merging my company with this. We played it at six, mm. and it was like, I'm running into you. Your company is coming with me, and this, you know. And then there was this all this going around the table, like, come on, no, that's not gonna. Don't do that. Don't don't. You don't want to vote on that. You know, it, oh. it was really it was it was all fun right, and good. bonkers and just bonkers. Like I 
actually it got to be nine o'clock and I hadn't eaten. I wanted out and they, they threw a company on me, but I kind of put myself in that position to go, like I was going to go bankrupt, but then all my shares went into the yellow part of the board where, where that's just like they dive down. And so the guy in the lead was like, Oh my gosh, those don't count against your share limit. So he just started buying all those shares Mm. in that company and making tons of money and totally taking away my my way to go bankrupt and get out of the game. So <laughs> so then I was stuck there for a little bit longer. But yeah, so, it, so you it was really interesting. Two games on Saturday, one you didn't finish, and the other one you tried to go bankrupt in. We called it. <laughs> you you yes, I understand. But yes. You, so yes, yeah. Whew. So yeah. did you have a favorite over the weekend? That's tough. I I brought it tonight. I really liked 82. That's the two to three hour game that I've been talking to you guys about. Uh, it's it's really interesting. I liked that one. I liked most of the games I, I played. Clef and I are just looking at each other. It's. <laughs> I'm going to give you one more chance at 18xx, Chad. I just I, don't know if it can be tonight. I, but as, <laughs> as, as I just said to Chad just a few minutes ago, uh, a game that when he first taught me, I thought it was one of the worst games I had ever played. <laughs> and I just recently replayed it and it was absolutely amazing. So, you know, Chad, I, I cannot discount it and I'm not, I'm not trying to be anti 18 XX. I just have not enjoyed any of the plays I've had. Well, yet. and here's but, the thing. Uh, my job for me was to go and learn as much as I could and, and see what high level play looks like. And find out all the stuff that we hadn't been doing, all the things that we hadn't been pushing, all the opportunities that we hadn't So maybe seen. make it a little more fun for like Richie and I to have as yeah. opposed to where it just kind of was on rails most of the time when we played it. Right. And there <laughs> were a couple of games that we, there were a couple of games that we spreadsheeted, you know, at towards the end, which yeah. is fine. You know, there were, there were decisions to make until there wasn't. And then we just sort of spreadsheeted it and called it basically. And so me being inexperienced, I'm not real great at knowing when to call it yet and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because mm-hmm. I think if you do know that, then, then it ends when those decisions are kind of out of your hands, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Well, sounds like you had an amazing time. I mean, thanks to Andrew for, for, uh, you know, showing me around and, yeah, I, I played so many great games. You guys can check our uh, social media because I kind of posted most of them. And uh, and and the game you were referring to is Tramways, by the way. So for our listeners, well, I, right? Yeah, I wasn't going to say it. I didn't yeah, well, they should know. Themselves. They should know but, what yeah, you came yeah. around on. Uh, it's good, good game. It's. I mean, it's it's good, Richie. It's, All right, I'm, I'll I'll play it again. It's good it, for it's, somebody who likes Age of Steam so much. The the auction is is brutal. Yeah, it's bonkers. Right, it's right. bonkers. It's, it's fun. Yeah, I, I really like it. So. Yep. Well, I, I don't know if I can match this energy level Chad's got. I know. I could, I could talk for like 40 more minutes. But yeah, I want to hear what you've been playing because I've been playing boring Euros. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what I have been playing, I've been playing a lot of good games. and uh, But a game that I was not expecting to think was all going to be all that great was the Grand Austria Hotel expansion. I was interested in playing it. Um, If you remember back, we probably did the Kickstarter on it, uh, you know, oh, I don't know how long ago that was, a year ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming on here and Richie saying, oh, yeah, I've backed it. And I was going, I'm not backing this thing. It's really expensive. It really doesn't seem like it's giving you all that much. I'm not. It's not worth it. And Richie goes. And then off air, you you completely talked me out of it. Yeah. 
So you didn't get it. No, I canceled my. You canceled it. I canceled it. That was dumb. How do you, that was very dumb. How do you feel now? <laughs> not only do I feel terrible about it, is it's a good chance it's not coming to retail. That makes no sense to me. No, me. Either. I mean, for a major publisher, I understand like a small, you know, time publisher that you know they, they don't can't make more of it. Right. But this is a major publisher in a game that is in the BGG top one hundred. Why would you not then release the expansion for it? Do you think they are having too much? I mean, because is this cranio? No, it's lookout. No. Oh, that is weird. I yeah. don't know. I don't understand. No, I don't know. That. And maybe they don't like money. Maybe when they put that out, they meant that the deluxe is not going to retail, which I I'm fine so. with. That I would make care. sense to me. Although the pieces. deluxe is really nice. I mean, it is. No, yeah. it is very nice. But I, I mean, I don't need it's to replace okay. my base game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just need the, the the parts of it. But it seems like from what I've been reading is that once they're done fulfilling Kickstarter mm-hmm. in October, if there's anything left, that will go up on their website, and that's it. I just, that makes no sense. I just do not get why you, you just don't want to make money. Well, you know, I guess what's your game doesn't like to make money either anymore. So Um, they had a shark attack and then the mob (laughs) and then the tsunami. Yeah. 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 You don't, you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know, man. Um, Anyways, let's get back to the actual expansion here and we'll talk about it. So, well, I feel bad because if anybody wants it, that means I can't get it besides an aftermarket price but anyways um what does the grand austria hotel expansion bring you well the first thing it brings you is the ballroom or the what's called let's waltz but it's the ballroom part of the expansion and there's five or six modules i should say here to start with that you can play in different you know you can play them together you can play different ones and like i said the first one is the ballroom and that is you now have these dancers or or pawns that kind of make dancers. So instead of when you always used to have to fulfill a person, you had to send them into a room, right? Well, now instead of sending them to a room, you can send them to the ballroom to go basically out dancing. So you don't have to send them to a room anymore. And the cost to send somebody to go dancing is champagne. So there's a new resource in the game, champagne, that allows you to put these people up there. So when you put them up there, sometimes you might get a bonus out of them. You might get some emperor points or some money or some goods or something like that. Um, but then at the end of each of the emperor scoring rounds, so rounds three, five, and seven, you're also going to score for these ballrooms. If you don't have anybody up there, you're going to lose five points. And then if you do, then there's different scoring on each one of them. So you can score some different points. What I really liked about this module is, and this is one complaint, and I know, you know, Chad, this was a complaint of yours in a two-player game, is sometimes, you know, you would have a person, let's say at a yellow person, and you just didn't have the ability to get to a yellow room very easy. So they were just kind of stuck there, you know? Well, now you just send them dancing and you get like the bonuses and stuff out of sending them dancing. I thought this was an absolute perfect module addition. In fact, I'll say this, I would never teach the game without it if if I had it. That's great. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense to me. Uh, agreed. Would you, would no, you agree? Yeah, I, I loved it. I don't know if I would necessarily always teach it hmm. for sure. a first play. It can be tougher okay. as well as yeah. far as because now you have to worry about getting dancers in on top of getting up on the emperor's track. Now, a lot yes. of times you're getting a bonus that will help you in some way. Right, right. But just for a new player, I don't. I don't know if I would always teach this, but I mean, all my games, I would play with this module. Yeah. I just think that, you know, just because there's that point where 
sometimes new players, you get stuck where, oh, I don't have that right color of person or yeah. whatever, and now you've got a spot. You to do have, right. that it gives allows, you more options. That sure. allows for some flexibility, options, so, I yeah, think. So. You know, and yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know because I haven't played with it, but I, I think if I were learning the game, I would like that. Yeah, yeah. so that was nice. So, so that's the first module. The second module is that the player powers. I don't know which order they go. I don't in. know what order they go yeah. in, but yeah, let's one of them is the player, player powers. powers. Um, not nearly to the degree of like a Lorenzo player powers. They're very good, but I wouldn't call them game breaking. Mm, I mean, there's some really good ones. Maybe I just have. I mean, I've played with the now. one I had. You. And it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's the same as Lorenzo as far as bidding for them in the sense of uh, right. there you're, is an auction. Yeah, you're bidding money for them. And you're bidding money yep. for them. Um, the one that I had is where you had, uh, you started the game with a servant down right. at a discount. And then every time you put down, or staff cards, sorry, every time you put down new staff cards, you get um, Emperor track and money or a, just money maybe. Buck and... Did you get to draw a new one? I can't. You got remember. to draw another another, one. another yes. staff member. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had well, one of mine was just simply that the when you completed a group of rooms, instead of getting like three bucks for two rooms, you got five bucks for two rooms. You yeah, know, yeah. you just got a little bit more money or a little more emperor points, which I really was like, well, I really didn't. I think that was a promo one. Okay, didn't really do yeah. much. Um, I did play with one the other day. The last time I played, I played it with my wife on on uh, Tuesday, and. You every time you completed either a column or a row, you had these little tokens that you could then get the bonuses off of those tokens, and it was mm-hmm. like money and emperor points and and different things like that. That was tough because I almost ignored the dance floor, just trying to concentrate on getting all my rooms and my my columns up. So it was I lost a lot of points in the dance hall, but I made up for it by obviously having points there. But I, like I said, I think they're good. I just don't know like. Lorenzo's are just, I feel like are just sometimes, I don't want to say game breaking, but they're very. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, like uh, voyages almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd even say voyages is even more. You yes, know, yes, it's yes. Even higher, but yeah. Um, but I still liked them. But I like that fact. I think that they were good, but not oh my god, good. Right. And now, new player, I wouldn't probably play with them. For one thing, I don't. They would know an auction once again, really, to to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just give out powers as opposed to auctioning them. I don't know. And then it sounds that sounds more like a fun variant. Like here, let's toss these in. You yeah. Know, but you don't need it for the game to yeah. be that different. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I probably just yeah. wouldn't play with them for the first one because yeah. we well. So my game that I played of this. Yeah. With all modules. Yeah. We played with uh, Nathan Fort. Um, four player. Four player. With a new player. With a new player, and his wife was technically she had played the game one time before years ago, I believe. But oh, only once. So basically Nate's two one, okay. yes. So two basically new two new players. And <laughs> so I mean at least she had that experience of playing the game a long time ago. His buddy, who this is his first time playing Grand Austria Hotel, four player, all five modules. How long did that game go? Uh longer than your eighteen seventeen. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it wasn't that long. <laughs> it was four hours, a little over four hours. Wow. With the teach. That's a long one, and it was still fantastic. All right, all right. Yeah, you were positive after you. I wouldn't play it at four again. Right, but those modules were so good. Now you. This is also the guy that played Caverna with seven, though. Yeah, it's true. That's true. (laughs) Did you? But he said he never would again. Uh, Did you play with the new? Like it goes one, two, three, four. You don't do the snake anymore. Yeah, we played with everything. So yes, I I actually like that for the 
the four player game. Okay. I haven't played so that's and there's some sort of skeleton key in there or something. I yes. haven't played with that because I've only played two players. Two so player. I haven't Yeah, I don't think you really need it for the two player. Yeah. I, I like I actually like the snake in yeah, two player. So do I. But the four player, it was nice just going around the table. And then with the skeleton key, the way that that works is that instead of taking a die and taking an action, you can take the skeleton key if it's available. You get a a one die action of your choice and a resource of your choice, and then you become the start player on the next turn. Oh. So like I took it when I was I was the I was about to be the last player. Smart. So then I took it and then I was the, the start player for the next round again. Oh wow. Oh fun. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a solid little module. Okay. And then really the only other module to talk about is the uh, the celebrities module. Mm-hmm. This I definitely would say is only for experienced players because yeah. they are not easy to use. Uh, you have these three different colored dice of like blue, red, and yellow. And when you take one of those dice, you have to pay money for every other dice that is there. And then you get to take these celebrities, but it is a use that round and that round only. Mm-hmm. So you definitely need to, when you take it, be prepared to use it. And you, so it's and sometimes, you know, you, you took them, you got victory points for taking them, but only like one or two. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, Sometimes I took them and it was like, okay, I didn't even use them, you know, mm. type of thing. So definitely experience only. So anyways, uh, the modules, there's a couple other, I think they're just cards and different things with the staff members and stuff like that. But overall, excellent, excellent expansion. I would put this up there in top expansions of all time. I honestly would. I really Ooh, feel yeah. that strongly about it. it I'm with a you. Really nice job. And That's cool. I got even though it. the Kickstarter was expensive. Mm. I mean, if they don't release it, I'm going to have to pay an exorbitant amount of money just to get it. Hey, it's Clef's so, fault, isn't it? And it is Clef's fault. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, uh, or you don't pay for it. You borrow Ryan Brockman's copy and you <laughs> never, never give, give it back. It back, back <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about it. Well, only go. one so, of us can do that. And it's already over oh, here. Oh, darn it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Richie. <laughs> oh, okay. Richie, what have you been playing? Well, we got in a, a play of Merchant's Cove. We did. with uh, Nathan brought that over. Yes. Uh, last week and while, you know, Chad, Chad was, was playing with uh, trains and... Trains? We were playing with... Ships? Boats? Dr- dragon, a lot of stuff. Dragon poo and marbles yeah. and... Marbles. And, and Ganjan Clever boards and... Mm-hmm. Wow. And I mean, you name it, we were playing with it. it. It's yes. all like, it's all that asymmetrical craze, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, this is Johnny Pat Canton, a uh, designer. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. I did Coloma and... Yep. Uh, what was, what the, was game? the name we of that trying game? To the game? Sierra, Sierra West. Yep. Sierra, Sierra West. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, we were called. trying to remember we when we were playing remember. it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, so in this game, honestly, the actual game is pretty light. Yes. It's just kind of market yeah. mani- manipulation. Yeah. But when Nate was bringing these out, Oh boy. One, you should have seen his face. Because <laughs> I knew. Was it, a, was it the asleep face? <laughs> it was the. Uh oh. <laughs> we're, we're in trouble. Uh, miniatures are coming out. A <laughs> lot of different boards are coming out. Everything's like, different. Ah. Uh, there's a lot of color. So Clef was. He was, <laughs> he was like, I was worried ah. at first. I was like, oh. Was oh, like, you- and not to mention, when he starts to teach this game, he goes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to play your faction. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So he just hands me the rule book, and I was like, I got to read on how to play this. <laughs> and, and then I had like an expansion Yes, you faction. had an expansion faction. So yeah, the Oracle. R- Richie and Josh both read their characters fairly quickly because they had like Josh one Josh also page. had an expansion character, but his was not 
Not as complicated. Yeah. I had like four pages of this stuff. And I like, <laughs> and at one point I read one of the things and Richie goes, did you understand that? And I go, Nope. So we just won't do that action for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's that doesn't seem fair to Clef. I mean, you're talking about four pages of rules for a guy that, you know, still just looks at that Caesar book on his night table. That's not yeah, that's true. a lot of reading. <laughs> but in true Clef fashion, he still won the game. Uh, yeah, I destroyed. So. I have no idea, no idea what the As rules were. Richard goes, but like, Clef didn't understand the game for half the game and still, still crushed won. us. Yeah. yeah. So in Merchant's Cove, uh, you have the asymmetric powers, but honestly, the game is all about creating potions that you then go sell at the market at the end of the round. Uh-huh. And so on a player's turn, and this is my my biggest critique on it, is that even though, yes, everything is different like my character i was basically playing like a small game of potion explosion and that's how i made my potions Mm -hmm. uh josh was the dragon rancher cleaning up poop i have no clue what he was doing nor do i care no i don't know what you were doing so yes and that that's my biggest critique of the game is that even though yes we're all playing the game differently it doesn't matter yeah because all i need to know is what potions are you Right. Producing. Right. I don't really right. care how you produce them. Right. So it almost seems like it doesn't need right. to be asymmetric, but it does need to be asymmetric. Otherwise, that game is nothing. Re- yes. Then it would be completely boring because at least your my only thought is if I was to play it again. Oh, well, I could try a different faction and see what. Right. I would never want to play the same faction back to back. Right. For Agreed. sure. Yeah. Or ever. Right. Yeah. Really? I mean, I, I ever yeah. would probably be a best word for it. Um, yeah. The interaction came in those meeples. Yes. In the boats. Yeah. And that was the most interesting thing that I found is trying to figure out what you could do to try to make the most money off of trying to get these meeples to the board. And then you would look to see what other people were selling. And, you know, so then you would try to manipulate that, you know, so it was the best for you. Yeah. But it was basically a worker placement game. Yeah. You had your own player board. You had to spend time to take actions, and then we're all on this rondelle where we're moving up on there, and then basically like patchwork, whoever's on top would get to go again. And as you pass these certain spots on the the little rondelle, you got to put out meeples onto the boats. And all I think there were six boats total, yes. maybe three on each side, yep, yep. and then there's four docks that are available for the boats to go into. And once a boat got full, you would send it off to whatever dock you wanted. And all the docks told you is either that you could you could sell large potions or small potions mm-hmm. or a combination of the two. But you had to take corruption to do that. And like I said, it, that that's the game, really. Yep. The, the yep. manipulating that. There's different cards that you can draft into your tableau that will give you different powers. Um, so overall, I, I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I definitely enjoyed it more than yeah. I, I know you did, uh-huh. uh, but like I said, I just don't know, like how, like in root, it matters what faction you are. Like I need to know what your faction does and right. how it plays, and in this, you really don't right at all. So I guess what I'm curious about because there's worker placement spots. Are you are you watching what the other person? wants and trying to deny them? It's all on your own board. It's all your own board. So it's, it's really not worker placement then. I mean, well, it is worker placement. You can't go to your. You same can't go to your same spot you over. It. Okay. It's almost like scythe. Okay. Yeah. Where you so have I, your and own I don't consider board. that a, w- a worker placement either, because you yeah. can't really deny. You know, you're not no. really going to a spot where anybody else yeah. could go. There's not it's a lot more, of interaction. It is yeah. definitely no. a, your it's own puzzle. Solitary. What you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, I mean, I, this would not be a game that I would purchase um, or really maybe say, hey, let's play it. But I would say it's a game that if, you know, like if, you know, Nate wanted to play it again and I would be like, yeah, I'd, I'd try it again with a new faction. Yes, definitely. I would definitely play it again mm-hmm. as long as I got to play a different faction. Yeah. So then sure. you're you're affecting the market to to kind of mess with other people a little bit or not? You are, small. but not just it's small. Like One, a, you're trying to bring up different colored meeples. And yeah. like, so if you have three yellow meeples on a boat, they all will buy your, if you have like a large yellow potion and let's say it's worth uh, $8 or whatever. So each one of them will buy that $8 potion. Like you have multiples of it, but like, so if there's only one yellow, then you're only selling it one time. So obviously you want to try to get the number, you know, whatever you're selling, you want to try to get those meeples, that color, that color mm. up into the docks. That's interesting. That sort of sounds like market manipulation, the way that that excavation earth game works that I, that I had talked about a while back where you're, where you're selling artifacts or aliens selling artifacts to other aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. The only thing with that is that it starts with two in every boat and I almost wish, wish that it started empty. Because it almost uh, seemed like the boats were being sent too fast, too fast to actually do anything about some of them. Yeah, like yeah, you didn't have a lot of you, you, somebody did something and boom. Like there was a few times I took enough, I took time to jump up fast so I could yeah just try to the, make sure that yep, boat got it. to where I needed to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, overall, I, I mean, yeah. I'm glad I tried it. Yeah, uh, it's something that I like. I said I would I would definitely play again, and especially if something came out that kind of changed up yeah. the interaction. All right. Between the the players, yeah, that was great because we, we all he also taught us Hadara that night. Yeah, I'd never gotten to play that. Chad and I, we got to see the when we did that uh, when we did that sort of preview with Z Man Games yeah. at Origins uh, a couple of years ago. We got to see a bunch of their games, and Hadara was one that came yeah, out. And I, was... I think it was sort of like a you know here's a sort of a riff on Seven Wonders kind of uh, yeah. Mm. It was it was a decent little game. It's you know, a little game. Quick. It's one... It's one that I, I've bought and sold just because it because most of my plays are at two player anyways, so yeah. it's just not that great at two players, right? Right, but, just like Seven Wonders isn't either. Yeah. yeah, but at four, it was good. Yeah, so it was good, solid night. So yeah, it was. It's uh, Nate did a good job. Uh, you know, handing you the rule book, <laughs> teaching us some games while you were gone. Yeah, and then uh, and we had Josh just to kind of be you know Josh. He brought up some expired pie. Oh, and. <laughs> It was good pie, though. It was good, it even was, though it was it half was frozen. frozen. It was half it was frozen, frozen. But it, was, it was still very good. So, you guys yeah. are easy, it sounds like. Uh, well, you know, when he says, hey, I'm going to bring a pie, we, we don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't argue. That was in the message. Like, hey, I'm going to bring a pie. <laughs> like, All right. That, <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to our previous plays? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right, Punch Punch. Well, 10 years ago, we reviewed Goa. <laughs> and uh, wow. this is uh, a Rudiger Dorn favorite, published originally by Z-Man Games, I believe. Good old trading in the Mediterranean and all that kind of stuff. Some fun auction stuff. And uh, we rated it. Do you uh, remember what we gave Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I gave it a three. Good job. Yeah, I remember just like it was yesterday. Okay. <laughs> well, Richie. Thank you, Joe Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe Joe Farrell remember just like it was yesterday. Yes. Yeah, I also gave it a three. And I think I gave it a three. So we oh. were kind of unified in our mm-hmm. in our meh-ness of this game. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it is dated. 
is a good word. Uh, Richie was saying that earlier. It's, yeah. uh, it's it's fine. It's a good game. I mean, I remember the first time I played it, I was like, oh, I really like this, and I got a copy of it. And then it's one of those that, you know, I played it a couple more times, and I was like, okay, there's nothing new to explore. It's it's over. It's done with. And uh, it's got some interesting, it's got some nice auction and interesting mechanisms. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's going to stay at a three for me. It's a fun game. If somebody really said, hey, I'd really like to play it, I would have no problem playing it. But I don't have any desire to, to you know, like I bought a copy and sold it. So, yeah, sure. three is, is where I'm going to stay. Uh, and same for me. I, I also got rid of my copy. And it is just a game that if they did a second edition and maybe updated some things, like we recently played oh, yeah. Tenor's Trail. That's right. And that got that second edition was a good update. So yeah. if they updated this game, that I would it definitely check it out again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would stay pat at a three as well because I feel like, you know, if I was at a party and it was sitting out on the table and said, hey, we're playing Go, I'd say, oh, yeah, I remember that game. Sure. Why okay. not? Okay. Yeah, I'll play. Okay. But, you know, I never bought it. I knew you guys had it. It was fine. It was good. I don't know what parties they play Go at. But I okay. don't know. A go yeah. party. If you show up <laughs> you know? to a party and they have Go out on the table. Yeah. You gotta I get might, out of I there. I might go to another something's party. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, something's off about that house. <laughs> All right. Well, here, let's just say uh, Tony Lawler and par- part of our punch bunch. If he had a party, maybe, and he was playing it, what, what would he think? <laughs> uh, he says, I've played it a couple of times, both two and three player. I like it well enough. There's not a lot of flash to it, but it does what it does fine. I'd rate it a four out of six. I'm glad I have it but I'm not clamoring to play it. So so maybe yeah. he wouldn't play it at his party. I don't know. But. I don't know. I and it's not, that. there's no problem playing it at a party. If you went to someone's house and they had Goa set up at all times on their table, <laughs> something's off. Is that what I said? I don't think that's what I said. I think said. you said he walked I, in and it's on the well, table. <laughs> I was like thinking you were like, hey, we're inviting you to a party. A Goa and party. Then, and then they, no, and then you show up and they're like, hey, we're playing Goa. Goa. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between a party and a gaming day, yeah. you know, okay? <laughs> okay, yes, but, like, what what party would you like to be invited to? Like, hey, we're having a party, you show up, and there's Goa, or you walk in, Actually, you know and what? it's like, Honestly, hey, we're right. having a party, and they're selling Tupperware. A lot of parties that I've been invited to, I think I would have actually been excited if Goa yeah, was on yeah. the table. All right, yeah. Chad. All, all right, right Chad. You got you us. You got all us. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, somebody else want to want to read what one of our other Punch Bunch has to say about it? Uh, sure. So Jake uh, Bloomcrest says, I played it once about five years ago and I remember nothing about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of us as well. I guess a game that I basically forgot existed is pretty textbook three out of six, right? Uh, might yeah. be two out of six. I don't know. But yeah, somewhere in there, Jake. Yeah, good call. Good call. So I, I don't think this one really resonated very much with the punch. But now, granted, it's not readily available. No, probably we had to get it from Germany. So. Yeah, not not very, very. And yeah, and I think we had like uh, German copies. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, yeah, yeah so. you had to have paste ups if you wanted to. Honestly, I would still say at this point, Punch Punch, not a game that you probably need to search out or whatever. But maybe if you're at a good uh, gaming party that has it, <laughs> sit down and play it. <laughs> Thanks, Punch Punch. <laughs> Okay, so continuing on with our BGG Top 100. Uh, This time we're going to be doing number 95 through 90. And we are going to start off with number 95 with Mr. Mr. Bowtie Man himself. (laughs) Mix evil Bowtie Man. (laughs) Yes, evil Bowtie Man. (laughs) Yeah. Tigers and Euphrates. Mm. 
Chad, how, how how much how many points you got there, buddy? <laughs> I got like forty. <laughs> you got zero. This is a this is an a, an illusion for those of you new to the podcast to my play of Yellow and Yangtze, forgetting the scoring criterion, which is actually quite prevalent in uh, Mister Kanitia's designs, mm-hmm. where you score the thing you have the least of. Well. In Yellow and Yangtze, of course, all I had was blue, whatever it was. I just collected you all the blue. You had a lot of it, too. You had a lot of blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a ton. You were very, very and excited. It. And, I, and yeah, I completely forgot what the rules Richie were Richie and I, at the end game. of the game, were like, Chad, you got zero points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so that all is to say that Yellow and Yangtze is a retooling of Tigris and Euphrates. Right. I still haven't played... The original Tigers and Euphrates. Maybe that that put me off. Good. Any chance I've played that. it a few times. I haven't had a desire really to get it back to the table, but it's a very interesting game. I mean, it's obviously the scoring by trying to stay, uh, or you have to be diverse in your scoring. You know, you can't just hammer one thing or whatever. It's you know an interesting game. However, you know, in my mind at least, kind of like go almost. You know, I just feel like it might be a little a little dated. Maybe it's a little. And dated. honestly, I have played it a long time ago, but. I enjoy yelling Yangtze more. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I, I don't know. From what I know of it, it doesn't seem like the principles of it are that dated when you compare it to something like Through the Desert or Blue Lagoon, which other people still like. I mean, it's that sort of like, it feels almost abstract in its concepts. It certainly doesn't feel like you're doing the thing that, that Blue, you're doing. Blue Lagoon, is that the one with Bo Derek? Uh, I don't know. Okay. No, I think that's... It's, uh, it's kind of like Moana, almost the cover is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that's Whale Rider, which is another Kinesia game. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So anyways, that was a number... Oh, we, we got to score it. Oh, that's For right. For those that have played it. Yeah. Um, I will give it a... At this moment, I'm going to give it a three. I just don't remember enough to really give it anything more. Uh, same for me. It would be a three just because if someone brought it out, I probably would play it. Yeah. But I would never seek it out myself. Okay. Uh, I'm going to abstain, though I might play it if there's a like a, somebody has a T&E party that I'm invited to. <laughs> that's, so. that's all you got to do now is <laughs> I'm looking for the Tigers and Euphrates party. <laughs> oh, sorry, this is the Goa one. It's down the street. <laughs> Tigers and Euphrates party of two. <laughs> Maybe one day board game will get that popular. We yeah, can just go house to house. That's right. That'd be great. <laughs> all right. Number 94 is... Uh, Russian Railroads. Uh, amazing game. Yeah. Fantastic. Love that game. Um, I love it. I have all the expansions for it. I mean, I'm tempted to just, you know, there, there's that new... Uh, ultimate? That Ultimate Railroads that they're, yeah. uh-huh. they're, they're putting out, and they'll probably, you know, deluxify it and all that kind of stuff that Plus they're talking gonna about. It's going to have uh, Asian Rails I was going to say, it's in there. another expansion, yeah. in it, which is more what I That's only going to be available through that, so... <sighs> Yeah, and after this Grand Austria thing, and now I'm like, maybe I yeah, need I might to. Have to buy yeah, it. Might, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to kick myself for not having it. One of the best worker placement, you know. I mean, the very, very tense on which spot do you take because you know you know, especially in a four player game, if you go to one spot, the other three spots you want to go to are gone by the next time mm-hmm. it gets to you. So you really have to choose where you want to go and what you need to do. And I also like it because. You can concentrate on industry or you can do, you know, like heavy on the tracks. You know, you've got different routes in the game that kind of can still have you win the game. These two designers who designed this game have also done some 18xx games as well. So, I mean, 
it is nothing like an 18xx but no. It, no. they they enjoy that sort of train theme i i call this the dopamine game because it just feels like you Ooh. points 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 you points, like points, points. You get points. Yeah. yeah. It's just like you're a mouse hitting that button and getting the pellet. Especially if you play the cleft variant where you start with six workers. I don't remember how many you gave us. I had not played the game in a long time, and we were learning it at Origins, and I was like, yeah, you, you get them all. Don't worry about those. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just take them all. Uh, um, I, I'm going to give it a five, okay. but it's very close to a six. It is a pure, mm -hmm. great worker placement Euro game. But I'm, I'm going to give it a five because I just want to be grumpy. I don't know. Well, it's one of the best all-time games. But if if our if if our sixes are a contender for the top ten, if right. I made my list, it doesn't it doesn't quite get there. So, but man, it is just an all-time great, like you said, worker placement game. So it's right up there with the best. Yeah, five for me as well. Especially, I mean, when you throw the expansions in there, the German yeah. Rails is fantastic. That, that's a, a great really expansion. mixes it up. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so number ninety three is Raiders of the North Sea. So this is the first Shim Phillips game that I think that he put out. I think maybe, yeah. This or one is the first, the first big of one. this trilogy. I thought he yeah. had another trilogy that he had also been working on at the same time that had like the ship, ship uh, rights. No, ship rights it. is part of it. Is it? Yeah. Of this one? Yep. No. I don't know. I don't like this game. But I think it's, it's like the first big one that he yeah. did. Right? Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely it was became his first popular big hit. And then, yep. Yeah, really yeah. kind of uh, propelled him out there. This is, has some has the very unique mechanism of. You put a worker out and take that action, and then you pick a worker up and take that action. And, I mean, Clef, like, three years ago, thought this was an amazing game and loved it, you know, and got all the expansions, and it was it was just a really great game. Nowadays, I mean, it's, it's a little lacking, and, you know, what you're doing is kind of the same every single time. That's what I, I'd say that mechanism was really cool that you talked about, mm -hmm. but that's what held it back is I just always felt like, okay, well I got to go raid the village, you know, like yeah. uh, that, that's, that's it. That was that being the end game kind of uh, stalled the gameplay a little bit after a while. So uh, it, w it was just all about how efficient you could be with draw that up and take that back. But the games felt a lot the same. I've only ever played, because that cleft of three years ago taught me with everything, with all yeah. the expansions. Mm -hmm. So I've only played that, and I was not a huge fan of it then. So, I mean, yeah. maybe the, the base game as a gateway game would be a good choice, but I, yeah. it did not, it didn't click for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a gateway plus. It was nominated for the Kennerspiel, like, you know, the year after, year or two after it came out. Sure. But, sure. But anyway, yeah. I think I would give this one probably a two because. Wow. Yeah, you. I had so it. If and somebody I got would, rid of it. Yeah. And if and somebody pl wanted to play it, I just feel like there are a lot of games, you know, that that do it. And now there are games that do that same. Take one, you know, freshwater fly, and some of those to, you know, get get a worker, take one back, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, I for me personally, I probably put it at a two. Okay. Yeah, I'm coming in at a two as well. I didn't like it. My one play of it, but that, that was with everything. So sure. I mean that maybe bogged it no, down longer no, but I, I think you would have liked it less with, with not the expansion. <laughs> um well i'll tell you here not too not too long ago um somebody wanted to play it uh really bad and dan which sometimes games that he still has just blows my mind sometimes he still has a copy of this and he has the neoprene map Ooh. by the way i have just my number one 
ex, or, accessory. Uh, accessory now is neoprene mats because they're just amazing and they're beautiful. But um, he has a copy of this with the neoprene mat, and the neoprene mat is beautiful. And it has like all the parts for the expansion as opposed mm. to, you know, like 15 different boards or whatever. It's all on there. And the colors are just very bright, you know, bright, you know, just vibrant. And oh my God, as I was playing, I was like, please get me out of this. I'd like to slip my wrist right now. <laughs> it was that bad. So I was going to give this a three, but honestly, it's a two. And that's probably generous. So yeah, I'm coming with you guys <laughs> with a two. <laughs> All right. All right. What do we got for number 92? Patchwork. Patchwork. Fantastic two-player game. It's still Fantastic. in my collection. It's Mind still, you. and it, this is one that if I haven't played it for a while, I realize how bad I am at it when I go back to it because then I score like zero or negative. Yeah. This is one of the few games that I will play against an AI on, I've got the app for mm -hmm. it. And if I put that thing on medium, I will not win, period. If I put it on easy, 50-50 whether I win. <laughs> I And I don't think I'm bad, but I must be. <laughs> there's a somebody tried to tell me that there's a a definite economy. I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but there's a definite economy of spaces to button cost. You know, like that right. whole ratio there. I, I, you know, and and they said it was boring once they could figure that out. But I guess since I'm still so dumb, I, <laughs> have, I have no problem. And this gets a lot of play at our house. Well, Joe Farrell, he put up in our Slack channel is is plays for. August and he played this because they've added it to BGA here recently. He played it eighty-five times on BGA. I consider yeah. Joe a pretty smart dude. So okay, speaking of that, I think we need to have a new. We, we got to have a new thing when it comes to putting down our what we played for the month. This this eighty-five on BGG that don't count. BGA, yeah, BGA. Um, I think it does count because here's the thing: it like if, it's a board game. Is okay. Right, pieces but on a board. Joe Farrell knows that game better than you do. That doesn't through make and it, through. Yeah, but him playing against he's playing against real people. It's it, not like he's playing against. It's not an app. Doesn't count. <laughs> it's okay. not a board so Joe, game for Clef. It's a video <laughs> that game. Doesn't count. It's still the board game. I'm, I, I'm confused I don't on. I you know I mean like when you're playing on tabletop simulator and you're talking to the people, I'm like okay, I'll count that. But when you're not even interacting with you're, anybody, and I would you're even just, argue not only are you you're one you're playing against real people, you're playing against people that are dedicated enough to go online and play it, so they're really good at the game. Usually, I'm just I saying. Used to I think, think that uh, we need Clef a new before, category before 18xx <laughs> games. I, if you're playing the game, you're playing the game. You need a new category: video game plays of it and board games. You sit down, you interact, you have fun. You enjoy each other's company. What about solo oh, games? So. Are you yeah, saying they don't that count either? No, uh, <laughs> no, and especially in this last two years that we we've been in. That, oh, that, definitely. You, yeah, you can't you can't say that. I, I don't know. Like he's he has like a hundred and ninety plays for the month or something. Are you having a competition with him? No, I just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, Joe. You can have your 85 <laughs> plays of patchwork. All right, we got off on a tangent there. <laughs> you did. You did. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was my fault. <laughs> I'm like, I got 23 plays in. <laughs> I used to have, well, it's a lot easier with Euros to get a lot of plays in. Right. Than, I mean, uh, you know, if you're playing war games, if you're playing 18xx games, games, games yeah, those things take yeah, longer. That's, that's just the way it is. Day. All right, so patchwork. Uh, I Solid five out of six for me. 
Yeah. Uh, five for me as well. Yeah. One of my no, favorite two-player games. No question. It's a great game. Get, still gets a lot of play. Five yep. for me. All right. The last one yep. is The Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth. I think I'm the only one that's even come close to this game. Maybe Chad. So Chad, no, Chad has I have ran, it at my house right it? now. Are yeah. you, 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 I'm telling you, he buys everything. No, wow. I didn't. I borrowed it. I borrowed it from a friend. Are you planning on giving it back? Well, yeah. I better give it back. I that person it. would be upset. I'm it's not gonna giving be a, Grand Austria back. The last time? <laughs> uh, I got it because, again, it's like uh, it's kind of like RPG light. It's like RPG. It's like Dungeons and Dragons mixed with Mansions of Madness, right? So, uh, well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's based off the Mansions of Madness yeah. app and system. So, yeah. And you could be Gimli or Legolas. I mean, you know, or Aragorn. What's not to like? You know, that's cool. Uh, it's it's fine. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, you know. Uh, oh, you actually played it? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's good. We won't have a game that will go unrated. Yeah. Time. So I would give it at this point, and I haven't played a lot of it. I've just played like, like kind of the intro scenario and, and stuff like that. But, you know, for what it is, I think it's it's, it's like a four, you know. I, I, I Maybe it's a three, somewhere in between a three and a four. I would get it maybe if, if, if Finn really wanted to keep playing it, you know. So... It does what it does really, really well, and I like that IP a lot. So, I'll 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 give it a a one for the board game and a six for the movie. <laughs> uh, I have not played it yet. I would play it. The Stucky's own it. They just haven't brought it over yet. So yeah, we'll see. There you go. Okay. All right. There we go. So another five of the BGG top one hundred. Well, it's no use delaying this any longer. I think we need to get to our feature review. Hey, Punch Bunch, are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. All right, so our featured review for this week is Seki Gahara. It is from Matt Calkins, published by GMT Games, and came out in 2011. So Seki Gahara is a two-player block war game setting two powerful daimyos against each other, battling for the supremacy of Japan. It is played over seven weeks, which are basically rounds, with two actions per round. Each player on their turn will have an option of doing a certain action by a certain number of cards they will discard. And then they will move blocks from location to location. They will also muster new blocks into locations. And then after they're done with all of their movement, if any of their blocks are in the same spot as the other player's blocks, they will have a battle. Battles will be played by each player revealing cards from their hand to reveal blocks of the same symbol that will then start to add up for battle points. Either player at any time stopping whenever they want to, and then whoever has the most will win the battle and destroy a certain number of blocks. The way you can win this game is two different ways. There can be an instant win, which is basically by destroying the other player's enemy piece. Or if that doesn't happen by the end of the game, then it just goes down to victory points. And that is by 
controlling different castles that are on the board and also different resource spots that are on the board. And whoever has the most points after the seven weeks is the winner. So there's a real basic overview of how to play Seki Gahara. Chad, what do you think of Seki Gahara? Uh, I will apologize to our punch bunch first off. I had one play of this game, and uh, I wasn't exactly clamoring for more after that. Uh, then, of course, I went away and had a convention where I, I did not play any Seki Gahara. I wasn't invited to any Seki Gahara parties. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I haven't had any more plays. Partially, that was by choice. And partially, that was just having the opportunity to do so. Because, again, this is a two-player game. So uh, I'm limited sometimes in who I can, who I can get that done with. Sure. Uh, you don't think Steph would play this? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> And, and, you know, Rihanna would have, but there was, she could not get together. Um, you know, none of my other pop star friends I was either. Say, yeah, she's probably Lady out Gaga on tour. That's right. Yeah. So, so it, that made it difficult, but I'm going to be honest. I wasn't sad about it. I didn't have the best play of this game, but I will give you my initial impressions if that's valuable to you. So I would just say as a caveat, I will be happy to talk about the game. And I, again, I apologize. I've, I've listened to podcasts where people have not really played the game that much or played it, you know, but I just want to be upfront and say that, look, this is where my experience and my uh, initial impressions come from. Chad, you're fine. I played a half a game of Thunderstone quest and reviewed it. So, um, <laughs> so, okay. So let's, you know, let's, let's start off where we always usually start off, which is just arts and components. Um, so overall, Richie, what, what what was your thoughts on the arts and components of this game? I mean, there's not that much art, but the, I mean, it's a GMT production. So the, it's nice chunky blocks. The map is nice and beautiful. Uh, so overall, I mean, it's, it's not my favorite GMT board, but mm -hmm. it's still a very nice, large board that is impressive when you have it all set up. Okay. I thought the production was was great. I feel I feel like the production is in line with the gameplay. Like the gameplay itself and we'll get to it, but I mean I it's elegant and okay. very like for a block war game or a war game, it's like an intro almost to war games and and it is elegant and everything is user friendly in design, I feel like for the most part. A in, in relationship to a war game. Okay. And so I feel like the map, the iconography, the cards, and the blocks themselves all lend themselves to that sort of a aesthetic. Right. Okay. It is. It's it's a very, I mean, I think it's a very nice board. It looks uh, very beautiful. It's a very nice, you know, depiction of Japan. Uh, the blocks are very chunky, very nice. Um, the, uh, the cards are, you know, very palatable i mean typical gmt cards so no no issues with that um i do have a small complaint about it which actually uh our good friend ryan brockman is going to take care of me with this is the blocks are relatively large sometimes compared to the spaces and sometimes you look out and each at the end of each round you always need to verify whoever controls the most castles and also the most resource spots because they get, you know, like an extra card or an extra re, uh, or an extra uh, recruit. And when you have so many blocks out there, you're like, okay, where are the castles again? Where are the, you know? So that is kind of tough sometimes just to figure out where it is and who has what. So Brockman's making me these cool little castles that are like gold and, and, and uh, 
black castles. So now I'll be able to put those out on the board. So now you'll be able to see what the castles are really. So I'm really excited about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a good upgrade. It's, it's cool. Though, and need it. Yeah, as needed. Well. Yeah. Once again, it's not just a, oh, it looks cool. It just is going to be a nice addition to help gameplay. Yeah. Yes. Not like a neoprene mat. Not or like a, like well, that can really, uh, have you seen my Julius? You haven't seen my Julius Caesar mat yet. It's basically <laughs> no. a blanket. I'm so oh, glad because at first I thought he was meaning that as a euphemism for something and I was getting nervous. But oh, okay. No. I'll show you in a minute here, Chad, on air so you can give me an impression. All right, we're done with this review. Anyway, so um, yeah, so that would be my one little minor complaint is it just the, since the blocks are hot. And as we're going to discuss here in a little bit, I have kind of gotten into some block war games and some other different ones. And that's one of my main things with block war games sometimes is the blocks are just so big that sometimes it's hard to know where you're at exactly, or you have to kind of move them to see things. And I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. That's just block war game. But uh, that is just one minor complaint that I would have. So we're ready to move on to, to game play itself. And so Chad, I'll also say this about your play. When we taught this, I was teaching Richie, who I was playing against, and then I was teaching you and Joe Farrell at a, at the set. You know, we were all basically at the same table, but you guys were playing your own there, and that has to be kind of a tough way to learn a game because certainly I was I taught you, you know, all the same, but then obviously I'm sitting there working with Richie and I might tell him little pointers or whatever where I'm not giving you guys any of that. You know, you're just kind of off on your own. You were still able to a- ask me questions, but certainly normally when you teach a game everybody is still involved with that game and you're, you know, you can give them help and stuff like that. And, you know, like when I teach a game, I certainly don't want to just cream somebody just because I can, you know, I like to help them and and learn. And I wasn't able to do that with you. So, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's nothing against Joe. I mean, Joe's just, you know, good at games. Uh, he is, and he probably read the rule book before. He does. We got he does there. like so, to do yeah, that. So, so he probably knew the game better than you too. So yeah, but uh, but uh, regardless, uh, I can see if you are into war games, I can see why this is a good game. It is, like I said, it is very elegant. In fact, the designer Matt Calkins even says, kind of in the back, and I love this. He he says elegance was always a priority. I made every effort to reduce complexity in the game. In the words of Einstein, a game should be as simple as possible and no simpler. So, I mean, it, it, that's just kind of an interesting quote, but you can see it in the aesthetics. I mean, the really the really the only thing that is probably more than a page in the rules is just the combat there's there's rules for how the combat works and that is where if anything it gets sticky but uh, everything else is pretty straightforward uh they have a seki gahara like reference card in here like a little bit of a player aid and literally i don't even need like if i'm teaching this game and even if i haven't played in a while this player aid teaches you everything. I mean, everything is on this one page. It because I would agree with you. I mean, the actual game is super simple. You know, I mean, it is definitely not highly complex. And you know, I mean, this is you know, and this is kind of my my little bit of a tangent here because me being a Euro gamer, you know, and I'm I'm still a Euro gamer, but I know a lot of. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure Chad C has probably already checked out and is not even listening to us right now. He's like, I don't care about this game. And I want to tell the Euro gamers out there, don't necessarily be afraid of the word war or block war or, you know, anytime. Don't necessarily before you try them because 
a lot of these games, they have a lot of Euro mechanisms in them. They're not necessarily like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you can get into some war games where you're dealing with line of sight and trees and this and that or whatever. But the, these games that I've been playing right now, that's not what they are. They're a lot of just move your stuff around, try to get in the best position and, and you know, and then, and then you do these battles with, you know, and with Seki Gahara's case, it's with cards, you know, so you're trying to make yourself a good hand of cards. I, I it's, these are not like, oh my, cause I know a couple of years ago, if somebody would have said to me, Hey, you know, you're going to be playing block war games. I would have told him you are crazy. That is way off in left field. Something I would never play. And, and honestly, that's not the case with these games. They're very approachable easy to learn and easy to play. Well, I, I want to hear what, what Richie has to say about this, but I, I would say uh, I, I would say that the main mechanism is hand management, of course. Mm-hmm. I think I, I mean, I think that's what dictates a lot of the stuff you do, basically. But um, and, and that's the main sort well, of Euro-like putting your mechanism. blocks in the right position for what your hand is. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I, I would say, though, that some people, and Chad C is probably grouped with this, if you're a Euro gamer who, if you didn't win, you still like to look down and see what you what you did at the end. This is not your game. It's not. You're you're you you're going to be annihilated if you you know like you you can get done with the game and have nothing. You know what I mean. Sure. And so if that is something that doesn't appeal to you, then this game won't appeal to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you don't like Good direct point. conflict, then. You're out. And I know Chad C is not big on direct conflict. See, but so. here's here's the thing is my wife is not big on direct conflict. Okay. And when I taught her this game, she really liked it because here's the here's the thing is in a Euro game, if you're trying to build up and do things or whatever, and then somebody's coming along and, you know, stomping on your stuff and, and destroying it, that's where I'm like, you know, yeah, even myself, I'm like, oh, sometimes that's not something that I want because I'm trying to do that. Where in this game, that's not the, you know, the conflict part is just part of the game. It's not like a, oh, you know, like Imperial Settlers, you know, where you don't probably do it a lot, but you can destroy other people's buildings, you know, and somebody all of a sudden they're kind of, oh, I got this cool thing going on. And all of a sudden you go, boom, I'm going to destroy that building. That's almost to me more hurtful than, okay, I'm going to send these blocks over here to fight because that's the game. That's what you're doing. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not like a, oh, I can't believe you just attacked me. Of course you attacked me. You have to attack me. You know? Right. I don't know if that makes sense, if that's like the I, difference. I get what you're saying. It, and I would say, because this is one of my favorite combat systems, period. Okay. Because I like the fact that it's not just a matter, like even if Clef comes over and he has 15 blocks in, a, in an army, if his cards aren't right, he can get wiped off. Sure. So I, I like that... Uh, the fact of when you go into battle, like if you know your cards are right and you have a just a feeling that they maybe don't have enough or that the fact or you can maybe catch them with one of the loyalty checks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I like that interesting card play there. Right. Yeah, there's right. that bluffing factor there yeah. that you're like, okay. Because there's well, a lot of times where like Clef was like he would start talking about taking a move and you just gotta keep a straight face because like I have none of those cards. Yeah. So if he comes <laughs> over there, I am screwed. And the fact that my my one I can't remember the general's name was in the like in the stack that you can you lose instantly if, if he's uh, taken out. But uh, yeah, the overall this is one of my favorite combat systems. Yeah, Ishida. Yes, General Ishida. Yep, or, General Ishida. Yep. And that I so I tried to think about this just for a second why this didn't resonate with me, 
this game still has the potential to tell stories, but I think like, cause I, I was really excited when we started playing and I was like, Hey guys, Oh, the reason that the game ends when this little disc gets taken out is because it's a seven year old. It's like, Whoa, game over. Somebody killed the seven year old, you know? <laughs> and I'm trying to talk about the theme and you guys are just like making fun of me at that point. Like, okay, Chad, whatever, Chad, you know, but, the, but that's, what's interesting to me about coin games is like, I, I don't win coin games either, you know, and I get I can get wiped off the map in a coin game, but the story afterwards is something that's still interesting to me. And and I'm not saying that this doesn't tell stories. I think you really could get into a story if you wanted to, but I think that my one play felt like it didn't have that in it. And right. so it, I wasn't left with anything. While I could appreciate the mechanisms, I just wasn't left with anything. And that's just, I mean... In, for you, that is something you like to look down at the end. Like even in an 18xx game, you probably can look down and go, look at the track that I built. Look at what I produced. Here's my cool company. Oh, Unless I, I go win. bankrupt, but well, yeah. Okay, but, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And yeah, for sure in this game, yeah, that's not the case. You're not, you know, yeah, as you just said, you've unless you've made it to the end of the game and even then you know it's still like a okay there's still just a bunch of blocks out on the board you know nothing's really really changed so and i get that um but that obviously for me i still you know it's still a cool story for me on these you know these yeah. battling blocks and you know the you know and how uh the there's the, the gold faction and the black faction you know and the black faction uh is has to be kind of more aggressive. You know, it has to go after things where the yellow is kind of the established, uh, uh, the yellow gold type of ones is more established type of there. So, you know, the black has to kind of come to them and they can do a little bit more, but yet in this game, you still have to go out and battle or otherwise, you know, you can't just sit there obviously and do nothing. And I just like that. Okay. Well, if I move my blocks here, boom, Oh, my hand, Oh, I don't have this card. Maybe I should go do this. You know, I just, I really like the thought process that I'm using every single turn. And you have to be careful as well, because if it does come down to points, you need to have, have points. Yeah. So you need to be able to control those resource centers. And I, I really like the last game I played online. Uh, we were both pretty decimated, but the guy, he, he just made a kind of Hail Mary play to try to win the game instantly. And if that would have failed, he would have, we would have came down to points and then I would have won. Ah. He was able to pull it off. So moving on from gameplay, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, we don't have to talk about player count. <laughs> good <laughs> so, at two. Uh, yes, very good <laughs> at two. Um, so we'll just talk about replayability and variability. Variability, it's very low. There is, I mean, you're, you're going to get the same scenario basically. Every, I mean, well, you are going to get the same scenario. Um, you're going to get some different blocks that might start in different places, but that really doesn't doesn't change anything. You no, it just card, has to so. do with your cards, really. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, a very, very, variability, very low. Um, replayability, obviously, not so much for Chad at this moment, but <laughs> um, I've played this eight times, I think, now. And every time I play it, it still is so, like, I'm probably not very good at it even, you know, but I just really enjoy that puzzle of, Okay, well, if I go try to take this castle, you know, to do this or that, you know, oh, do I try to go to get these? Re you know, there's just so much going on. Every time I feel like it's a different game, and I've only ever played the yellow faction. Oh, wow. I've never played the black faction. Are ever. you serious? I'm serious. It just, I, for some reason, well, I've always taught somebody new, 
And since I know the yellow faction a lot easier, it's easier for me just to play them. So then I just teach them the black faction. And I just, I don't know. It's just always has been that way. And yeah. So I'm, at some point here, I'm, I'm going to have to change sides and go to the other side. <laughs> That's interesting. So I wonder, you know, because the black faction, like you said, you, so historically the gold faction was the ruling faction. And basically uh -huh. the, 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 the different other families or clans saw that, uh, that there, there was this young child who was going to come into power. And so they decided that that was sort of an opportune time to sort of attack the family while it was weak, basically. Sure. And, and so, yes, they, they have to be on the aggressive. So it's interesting, you know, te you know, teaching somebody and then like, well, know. I've always like, anytime I play a game, like if there are, if, if the Romans are involved or the British are involved, I always play the Romans or the British always. So maybe that's just, you know, I just, I kind of think of them I as like the, the Romans, uh, like you the know, established so establishment yeah. or something. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just always when I play games. I mean, I, hmm. I, I've played fallen sky like six or seven times and I've been Caesar every time. <laughs> and I'm not sure if there's a way to win with Caesar. He's very tough to win with, but <laughs> I still enjoy the challenge. Cool. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's score it. Richie, give us that. Wonderful punch board rating scale. So in Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. And Chad is kicking us off this time, right? Chad is going to kick us off. I just had a thought. What if we did the rating scale the same way we do the draft? Once somebody's picked a rating, <laughs> you can't pick that rating. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really interesting. <laughs> or kind of like in, uh, that's funny. in Skull King where you yeah, you yeah, know yeah. You got to go up or down if it was, it's the that's even. I'm really not against funny. it. <laughs> I don't know. Just a fun thought. All right. Uh, Chad. <laughs> uh, so we know that this is based on one play. So, you know, I, I, I've told you, take it with a grain of salt. Um, I, as I was playing it, I had like young Chad risk flashbacks. <laughs> so, so I mean, um, it, it just, I can't give it a one just because in my mind, when you give something a one personally, that means that the, the mechanisms are, uh, are just don't work for some reason. That's, that's my personal feeling about a one. So you, you know, you're not going to see me give out very many ones, but, um, I, I, I was, I was fairly, uh, miserable towards the end of the play, I think I would say, and I wouldn't really want to seek it out. Um, I own it actually, and it's going to get sold. So it's a, it's a two. And again, that's after one play and you know, this is it, the mechanisms are better than my experience. Let's, let's put it that way. All right, well, All right. That's that yeah. was your feeling. That's your rating. All right, Richie, what do you give it? Uh, like I said, I, it's one of my favorite combat systems that I've played with and, Overall, I'm not I'm not fully on the block war game train as Clef. I mean, Clef is getting ready to buy a, a play mat that costs as much as the game and is the size of his gaming table. Uh, that is not true. It costs more than the game. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but I really enjoyed Sekigara. It is something that it's tough to get these kind of heavier two-player games out as much. One, just Jessica isn't into them and... Even myself, I, I'm not always up for like a long, heavy, just two-player game. Uh, so for me, it, it would be a 4.5. Like Chad is saying, the, the design itself is fantastic, off the charts. Do I always want to pull it out and play it? No, but I own it, 
I'm never going to sell it most likely. And it's something that if it's suggested, I would definitely play it, but it's, it's right there. Ooh. It could really easily be a five. All right. Well, you know, I, as Richie alluded to, you know, I mean, the, the rabbit hole has been, has been dug deep and recently I got in a, another block war game called hammer of the Scots. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of this one or seen this one, but it's basically the, uh, the real life story of, of Braveheart, you know, in a block war game. And then I also then found this other game called Julius Caesar. That's a block war game that I got, which that's the one I got the play map for. It's just beautiful. And then here recently, I even played another new one called Napoleon, uh, which is even, oh my goodness, I, it, things are just blowing me away. Now, all these block war games, they all have one common thing uh, between them all that is different than Sekigahara, and that is they all use dice. It is a dice combat system that you're rolling the dice. So obviously, in a dice game, sometimes you could have a better army and still lose because the dice just weren't in your favor. Where the great thing for me about Sekigahara and its block war system are those cards. Now, yes, you still get the cards randomly, and sometimes you can still get screwed. But the fun part of it to me is, I might have three or four armies out there that are close to battling and I'm looking down at my hand and I'll be like, Ooh, well, if I battle here and here, I got a pretty good hand. If I battle over here and here, Ooh, I'm in trouble. So there's that you, you've at least have an idea of what you're trying to do and how you want to plan out your strategy. You can also, uh, I don't know if we talked much about this, but you can, there is a possibility of of taking an action to draw new cards into your hand instead so that you know you you have the chance to to have a better draw yeah so that's something you can't mitigate you know in dice in dice sure. games yeah. so that's one other way that i i really like about this game right now and what richie said is sometimes true for one thing it has a small knock on it because it is just a two-player game so you obviously just have to have two players and both players have to kind of be in the mood to play I mean, it's, I mean, it's a two hour game. It's not like it's, you know, like Imperial struggle is like a four hour game. Right. Most yeah, I mean, straight especially up. Yep. If you mm-hmm. play the full thing. And don't no, get, no doubt. Yeah. Unless Joe Farrell beat you like in round four or something. Like he does. <laughs> but, um, and so you, you have to both be on that. Okay. We're going to have a you know, it's going to be the mentality that you're going to have a very heavy fought game. That's going to take a lot of brain power. And, you know, you just have to be, you have to be up for it. And that's my one kind of knock against it because otherwise I love this game. Every time I've played it, I, en- I enjoy the, you know, just the overall, the card play and everything. It's just so wonderful and just done so well. So overall, is this game going to be in my top 10 of all time? I don't think so. So I would give this game a 5.5 is what I would give it. So obviously, which means I go down to a five. But this is as solid of a five as you can get. If anybody ever wants an opportunity to learn this game, I'm more than happy to teach it to you. And once again, I just want to tell all those Euro players out there that are like, just because you're like, I don't think that a war game is ever going to be. Try it out. It's an amazing game. You might end up like Chad and think, I don't like this game at all. And you might end up like Richie and I and obviously find, you know, hey, this is really an interesting system or whatever. So, Overall, yeah, I'm going to give it a five. There you have it. We got a five from Clef, a four from Richie, and a two from me.
now it's time for board court. Uh, Richie, be... where's your uh, where's your notes? Yeah, where is your notes? So, uh, I would oh, like to point out. Oh, there's some. Oh, yeah, oh, that's some points already. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Here's the thing. Before we even get into this, <laughs> I want to call out the fact that one, we were supposed to be screwing over a cleft with this, and you essentially gave him Mike Tyson. You gave me Tiny Tim for the fight. And I'd pay to see that fight. Here we go. <laughs> well, I don't know, Tiny Tim. He might be able to get some no. This is upper punches in the this groin. This is the the Christmas yet to come, and Tiny Tim is dead. <laughs> so. Wow. wow, you're wow. doing a very good so job convincing me. Yeah, I, I, uh, I guess he's going to have to get in like what five plays of Navigador? Is that yeah, what this is working? I think out? that's what we either had to buy it or he has to get in five plays. Of okay, Navigador. yeah, and that and that was uh, yeah, and that was his uh, his thing that he was talking about. So yeah, that, that was true. suggested by Richie. So anyway. Uh, Judge Chad, I'd like to start if I could. Uh, yeah, well, you seem to be the only one prepared, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kick us off. I'm gonna say. Well, one let's word. be sorry, oh, sorry. Let's be official. Let's be okay, official. for our listening audience, this is Clef with Root versus Richie with Navigador. Clef, the chair is yours. I'm gonna start off with one word: revolutionary. This game is revolutionary. There is never. I mean, there had been some implementations that you know between coin games and obviously there was a vast, I believe the cavern, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, there were some games that were so, you know, had some of these similar things, but root did it better than any of these other games that bringing all these asymmetrical powers that each player had, but yet was so you had to know what each player was doing so that you could thwart them. And they tried to thwart you absolutely revolutionary. Oh, dropping the mic already. All right. Let's hear a little well, something about. I, I mean, I got a lot more, but I'll I'll let you go. Keep going, no, so, keep going. Yeah, because you're, you're going to get like two minutes, and okay, then I get a, and then okay. it's Richie, and then rebuttals. Uh, replayability. I mean, if you want a game that is going to be something different every time you play it, you can play different factions. You have multiple different factions that other people can play. It's always going to be different of how it is played. So replayability off the charts. I also put down, hey. Let's say you only got two players and you want to play a four-player game. Great bot system that it uses that you can implement very easy. You can play smaller player counts to and still play with, you know, like a full game. Navigador, uh, forget about it. You know, you, you can't you can't play that one solo. For also, sure. one thing so, Navigador doesn't have uh, is it. Are you a, supposed to be an impartial <laughs> judge? What is happening? Well, I, I, <laughs> go ahead, Judge Shed. One thing Navigador doesn't have is a neoprene mat. So That's 100%. You didn't even think about that. I mean, uh, actually, I did write down here lots of different maps. So even the maps you play on are different and make it feel different. So, yeah. That's a very good call, Judge Chad. <laughs> <Judge> Chad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richie, the floor is yours. All right, well, I agree with everything you said. It's just, it's nice to hear Clef talking nice about Rue. Honestly, I, if this was a murder trial, I wouldn't defend Navigator. I wouldn't show up. Like it's just work. it's immoral to do. It's, <laughs> I know he he did it. No, can't do it. Uh, Navigador. Um, it's not that great of a game. Uh, it was replaced by a better game. Um, like I said, it, this is a 
it's a terrible game to put up against Root. <laughs> <laughs> because Root is innovative, it's beautiful, it's well thought out. Navigador is ugly. It's short sighted. It was fixed later on. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be playing five games of Navigador here soon. I guess you with are with the rest of my time. Let's go over the M through P draft results. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We have to declare a clear winner in this case. Uh, and I'm just gonna say. Um, at no time in your rambling, uh, incoherent defense did you approach anything uh, that seemed like an answer. And I think everyone here who's listening is dumber for having heard hey, it. Hey, I, I'm going to give Navigador a little love here. I mean, what uh, was that? It's I terrible. Mean, hey, hey, it is just not terrible. It's, it's got, not great. It has a nice rondelle mechanism mm -hmm. that, at least for you, and I know a lot of the punch punch, brought about one of their favorite games of all time in Concordia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was a springboard for that. We'll give it a little credit for that. Yeah, sure. What else has it done? All right. All right. Never mind. Okay. I, I tried. I tried to fight his case for him. Chad. <laughs> I know. That's uh, That was a good try. So I'm looking forward to Richie recording his plays of Navigador. I'll get him in. It's on Yukata. I'll get my five plays in. Oh, man. I'll do it. I'm going to give him that. That's going to count. <laughs> All right. All right. So the M through P. <laughs> Richie is this moving is, on. I'm moving on. Yeah, just so, M through just P. so all I mean, this is part know. of my defense of Navigador. All right. M yeah. through P. Okay. I won it with 50%. <laughs> that's, that's all that That's really all that matters. Okay. Clef, you came in second with 38 Point nine percent. You called it yourself. You, you came in last with eleven point one percent. So the game that you two will have to defend. Now here's the thing. No, I've already made my choice. Okay, Clef, because you've already started doing it. Okay, you're getting Concordia. Okay, released in 2013, nominated for the Kenner Spiel, and it was nominated against another essentially deck building, almost hand management game, and that's Rococo, which was also nominated for the Kenner. You're getting that, Chad. I was thinking about giving Chad Concordia, okay. but said, I just don't, I can't handle the the, the, but, the little slights he, he puts in on Concordia. So I, I'm not going to, I know you don't like Concordia, so I'll just, I'll just make you... Okay. Richie thinks okay. my my lips don't even deserve to touch the word. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, and Chad, I'm going to give you, and then like name like... Thunderstone yeah. quest I want a, or I want a good fight here. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So Rococo versus Concordia. Okay. I could do that. Well, you got the upper hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should also probably talk about our last draft. Uh, people showed up for uh, our <laughs> family did. plays games. That is wow. They did. Ooh, it they, was ugly. That was the first. I mean, all of our other guests haven't even sniffed the a right. winning in the woo. I guess I guess we have to go with the uh, best of our group, which would be me. So no, you know, no, uh, that's not, not how that, that works. At all. No, no. <laughs> Mick came in first, and, and Starla came in. None second. of us did well. So yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was pitiful. Yeah, it was the, very bad. The three, two, and one votes or something. Apparently, that we, all got. we don't know ga gateway so, games. Obviously so, <laughs> not. <laughs> Mick took first place with sixty-one point seven percent. I mean, ticket to ride in Carcassonne. Solid. Uh, Chad, actually, you did get second place. You, you snuck up there. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah, with 14.9%. Oh, nothing to be impressed about. Yeah. Well, nope. Starla's going to be upset third at me, Third at 12.8%. <laughs> oh, Clef, 6.4%. <laughs> and if you didn't think it could get lower, it can. At oh. Myself at 4.3%. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. 
Okay, hey, that's we just that's, that's bad. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast for gateway games, you're not listening to the right podcast. So. That's, that's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, but I, uh, you know, that was a fun time. Uh, we we really yeah, enjoyed having them on. That, that was, was amazing. It was a great pl- uh, doing that with them, and then it was a great interview with Cameron. It was yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, really say thank you to um, our patrons who were able to get you know allow us to buy this wonderful portable system i mean that was pretty easy Just yeah made it a breeze. And, that, yeah and yep. the extra mic it was great so yeah. yes uh, thank you once again to all those who support our shows in ways big and small yeah absolutely that well, will have to do it i gotta yeah. I'm, I'm ready to teach you guys some some 18 xx games uh, we were going to discuss some more things on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> hey whether you're playing a euro or a war game or an 18 xx game punch punch Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. And uh, we rated it. You gentlemen remember what we gave it? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. no, I didn't think so. I don't know why we didn't look that up. Thank God for Joe Farrell.